Hello, I am Donna Freeman, the founder of Yoga in My School, and this is the Yoga in My School podcast. I appreciate you coming and having a listen. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your comments, and your ratings. It truly is a blessing as it helps others to find us. The purpose of the Yoga in My School podcast is to empower you to share yoga and mindfulness with youth. Through the archives and this episode in particular, I know that you will receive inspiration, knowledge, and tools to help you do so. We also are big fans of building community, and we love finding people who are doing amazing things in the kids' yoga community worldwide. So if you know of someone, or maybe you are someone, who are doing something incredible and you'd like to share it, feel free to reach out. You can email me, Donna, at yoganmyschool.com with ideas for upcoming episodes. Appreciate you listening. Have a wonderful day, and enjoy this episode. Love Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Reflections 2011. My name is Donna Freeman. I am the host of the show and the founder of yogainmyschool.com. We are broadcasting live today on Blog Talk Radio, and we are pleased that you've joined us for this episode where we're going to be interviewing Amy Ippoliti. And we're thrilled to have her with us, but we'd like to tell you a little bit about the entire Reflections 2011 series. This is an opportunity for us to connect with leaders in the yoga and mindfulness community and to hear some of the insights that they've gained over the past 12 months, to see what they've learned and uh, where it's taking them. And to date, we have had the opportunity and the pleasure of interviewing Jeff Krasno, who is one of the co-founders of Wanderlust Festival, also, Yozan, Roseanne Harvey of It's All Yoga Baby. Sean Korn has joined us. And the ladies from Where Is My Guru, both Jessica and, uh, and Diane, were on, us with, on with us just on Monday. But today we have a wonderful opportunity to get into, uh, into the, uh, the life and the, uh, the travels of one of Anusara's top yoga instructors, Amy Ipalidi. Are you there? I am. Thank you, Donna. Great to be oh, with it's, you. It's so great to have you here. I know I've um I haven't had an opportunity to do a class with you in person, but I've scoured the internet and I think I've, I've done every single thing that you have recorded and uh, I thoroughly enjoy your your teaching style and your infectious um bubbly nature that you bring to to the yoga studio and to um how you want to share your love of yoga with other people. So thank you for that. Oh, that's the kind of you to say. Thanks. <laughs> oh, I want to kind of, um, you know, this is all about reflecting. And uh, and if you look back a year ago, what would be some of the goals that you had for 2011? And and how do you think you have you achieved them? Are they still works in progress? Yeah, in the last year, you know, I definitely had a period of goal setting or just really looking at what I wanted in the end of 2010. And I do a lot of meditating and visualizing, and I sit at a little puja where I'm sitting right now, uh, where I see kind of my life ahead of me. And it so happens that in 2010 I did a lot of that. And so I feel like this last year has been me sort of running for, it's like, um, how do I want to say it, 
it's it's been fulfilling all of these goals in a rapid pace. It was kind of shocking how many of the goals actually came mm-hmm. true or the dreams came true. And it took me a while to actually receive and really go, wow, I'm I'm actually receiving what I asked for. And I had to stop myself and kind of pinch myself every now and then, like, whoa, this is really happening. And also just grow into into that dream because it's not something that was necessarily my comfort zone. Uh, it wasn't something that I ever imagined would actually happen. And so this has been an extraordinary year. And I think to get specific about that, one of the dreams that I've had for a very long time was to find a way to bring more people into yoga in a really direct and intense way, like to really increase the number of people on the planet doing yoga. And um, another goal was that was related to that was to find a way to help yoga teachers to become more prosperous and successful in their careers and more present in their careers. And it's those two goals are very connected because when more people are getting into yoga, the onus of why more people are getting into yoga falls on local yoga teachers. And so that's where the dream of 90 Minutes to Change the World um, really came into the being at the end of 2010, and it manifested in the very beginning of 2011. And we've now run these courses um, to help teachers become greater and more successful, not only as teachers but as um, professionals. And so we've done professional development for teachers so that they are attracting more people into yoga and that has led of course to um, double the size yoga classes in the people who have run through our classes through our courses and so um, and I wanted to do something online that would allow me to reach more people and that is exactly what happened and I was shocked by the number of people that got involved and are now part of our community and so that goal really came true and that, of course, um, fulfilled a lot of personal goals for myself, but um, huge. And then on a personal level, I have a new boyfriend that I've been with for exactly a year now. And so that that was, you could say, a goal. I was definitely dating and you know, I was single for a mm-hmm. long time. And um, I now have a sweetheart and we moved in together and um, we're in business together as well, which was also a dream, was to be able to be in a business with my partner. So it's been a good year. And now I just have to, like, get used to actually setting more goals into motion and dreaming again because it's been, again, it's been such a a year of fulfillment in a way that it's now I really feel how much I want to sit down again and, and brainstorm, like, what's next, you know, and mm-hmm. so I'm in that place right now, which I think is a great place to be during solstice, so, you know, quieting and really checking in with what we really want. Yeah, it's always interesting to see how, you, like you said, you were visualizing it and then it happened and then you were like, wow, it actually happened. And now it's like, okay, well, where does this take me? You know, that's a whole process. And it's a lovely process, but um, it takes some some work. Yes, for sure. So I want to get a little bit more. 
Yeah, I want to get a little bit more into your 90 minutes to change the world because that's really, I, I thought, when as soon as I heard that you were coming up with this and that you were, how you were offering it, I was like, oh, she's brilliant. That is so great <laughs> because really, um, you know, going to yoga conferences is fabulous and yoga uh, festivals, you know, that it just really feeds you, but that doesn't sustain you on the week-to-week, day-to-day basis where your local yoga studio does. Um, So can you talk a little bit about the importance of local yoga teachers? Yeah, well, local teachers really are the backbone of yoga in our community and yoga all over the world because, you know, there is online yoga you can take now through Yoga Glow and other companies and um, Gaim TV. I just recently started doing classes on Gaim TV. And um, there, like you said, there's festivals. There's all these ways of getting your practice in. But there's nothing that can really replace doing yoga with the people in the same community in which you live, being present and being visible to a yoga teacher, a yoga teacher seeing you, and you doing yoga with other people in the room that you live with, that you, you know, shop at the same grocery stores at and you go to the post office together with. And there's something really, really powerful about that local, everyday process. And there's a beautiful patience also um, for the yoga teacher to kind of see somebody grow on a daily basis over time and to work with them on things and not feel like it has to be this big bang, like, you got it, man, you know, like you went to the festival and you got, like, totally enlightened. (laughs) You know, you have this huge (laughs) breakthrough. But, like, what about that daily sort of um, practice of it? And that really is also so appealing to me because when we practice on a daily basis um, in the same kind of energy, we build Shakti, we build power, and we... Yeah, it's just a it's just a phenomenal approach. That daily thing is there's just nothing like it. Um, now it's not to say that you know going to a festival and having the big sort of peak experience isn't you know valuable. It totally is valuable. However, yoga for me is about what we do every day. It's about what we you know like what are you doing on a daily basis? How do you wake up and face the day? How do, you, how do you want to shape your day? What kind of attitude do you want to bring to it? And there's a kind of like relying on, you know, peak experiences. You get like juiced up and you get your gas tank filled up and then you're supposed to like ride on the high. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what, why, why not like have the high every day is kind of my thing. And so, um, and those festivals will and those conferences and retreats that you go on, they're absolutely essential to getting more inspired from an outside perspective because you actually get away from your daily life. That's important too. Let's do both. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's exciting. I think it's exciting for local teachers to become more present to that rather than thinking that the peak of your career somehow is to be one of these presenters or what I call a yoga celebrity, you know, at at a conference or something, that that's the peak of a yoga career. I, I disagree with that. I feel like there are actual heroes and celebrities right in our local communities who are bringing this stuff down every day, mm-hmm. bringing the yoga down. So well, it's, it's all a about wonderful accessibility. Job. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Well, thank you. Now, I know you're finished with 90 Minutes to Change the World for this year, and I know a lot of people have been asking if you're going to run it again. Any plans in the new year? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, we are going to run it again. It's actually going to run in February, the whole month of February. And um, we also have just started these smaller little um, kind of bite-sized mini courses that address specific things that you can do to ramp up the yoga and get more people involved in yoga. Like we just ran a series called um, Build Your Following, uh, creating a beginner series or how to create a beginner series that brings more people into yoga. So that's like the top of the Mm -hmm. funnel of people that come and get involved in yoga are the brand new beginners. Like, like they we're not actually preaching to the same people that have already been doing yoga, but yeah. we're tapping into the 7 billion people on the planet you know, that haven't done yoga yet and um, getting those guys involved and how do you appeal to that group who thinks that yoga, you know, yogis are a bunch of pretzels and yeah. like Hindu no, people. I, I totally get that. And that's actually my group that I, lo- I love teaching people who have never oh, done yoga great. before. It's yeah, like, okay, yeah. let's, <laughs> let's go have fun. Yeah. <laughs> and and how you do that because... Yeah, it's, it's different. It's different teaching people who have never done it and people who are advanced yogis or even intermediate yogis. Exactly, yeah. So we have these we have these other sort of really like honing in on specific things. Like we'll probably do um, a bunch of these courses throughout the year in addition to 90 minutes to change the world. And 90 minutes, of course, can be 60 minutes or 75 minutes, but the, mm-hmm. it's to say like an hour and a half long class. So that, you know, what does that look like versus a three-hour workshop where a lot of teachers are now bringing three-hour workshops into 90 minutes, and the night and the students are like, "Can we move? <laughs> Can we actually get a balanced practice <laughs> instead of these demonstrations and lots of like philosophy talks and things like that?" So it's a way for teachers to really, what is a 90-minute class? How do we serve students? How do we give them what they want and meet them where they are, rather than landing on them with what we learned at a workshop? So that was another. That's what the 90 minutes course really is a huge factor of what we what we do in 90 minutes. Fabulous. Now, you yeah. also do a 30-day yoga challenge on your website. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that's a really fun Facebook group that I started a couple years ago. It's called the 30-Day Yoga Challenge, and um, we have, I think, like 2,000-something members. And what we do is every month we pick a pose or we pick um, some sort of practice that you would do on a daily basis. So this month, for example, it's to do 10 minutes of pranayama every day without fail. And then there's also always an eco or health challenge associated with that daily practice, Um, not necessarily related, but just like a cool habit that you could create for yourself, like a good habit. So The idea is that the practice creates a habit of getting, like if you wanted to do pranayama every day, um, if you're doing this with an international group on Facebook of people who are also practicing pranayama and then you're reporting back on your experience, it holds you accountable to getting into the habit of doing pranayama every day. Mm -hmm. Um, We've we've done like the Hanuman Chalisa, singing the Hanuman Chalisa, you know, all 40 verses once a day. We've done, you know, timing your handstand at the wall and reporting your start time at the beginning of the month and then, uh, like, reporting on your end time. And people, like, increase by, you know, two minutes. So 
<laughs> increase mm-hmm. their ability to hold handstand because they're doing it every single day. So it really is a way of building your practice up. And then the eco or health challenge is something like, you know, unplug all your appliances. Get in the habit of unplugging all your appliances so you're not draining electricity. Um, another one is bring, you know, never drink out of a plastic water bottle the entire month. Bring your own bottle. Um, tote bags, you know, never take the paper bag or the plastic bag at the grocery store. Make sure you have your tote bags with you. And if you don't have it, you got to carry things individually back to your car. <laughs> you know, like we do stuff like that. And then we've done health, you know, health ones as well, like have some sort of green smoothie every single day, you know. <laughs> so it's... Yeah. And it's so well, fun. It, it sounds like, really fun and and mm-hmm. practical, and yet there's such a revolution that can happen personally and mm-hmm. and socially with something like that. Oh, I really love been, it. It's been really fun for us. I, I wish I had even more time to put into it, um, but we're we're working on um, getting it more streamlined. But it's it's been really excellent, and the people on there are fabulous. They're just phenomenal. I'm so proud of them. <laughs> All right. So how can, if somebody wants to join the 30-Day Yoga Challenge, they can just go to the Facebook page? Yeah, they can. you can either find it on my website, which is amyipolity.com, or they can uh, search 30-Day Yoga Challenge. There might be more than one group, but you'll see me in Ekapada Kandanyasana. This is the picture, so you'll know that that's the right group. I think there might be another one named that, so... Make sure you join the one that has me in the case of Pata Kandanyasin arm balance. All right. Yeah. Now, um, what do you think in the past year, because you've been traveling, you've, you've worked at all kinds of things, you've been really involved with the Anasara Yoga community. What do you think has most impacted you over the past 12 months? Well, I mentioned it before. I think... Um, you know, for sure, being in a relationship has been a huge impact on my life. I mean, I was single for three years. I had my own home, and um, I was in business by myself. Um, one of my dreams was to have a business partner. And so all of that came to be, like having a partner, having a business partner, sharing a home. That's really impactful on on a life, and it's um and it's really wonderful to have companionship and to have somebody to do that with. So I, I would say that that is the biggest impact um, besides these online courses and the community that we've created through 90 Minutes to Change the World has also been huge, 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 huge. And I'm also teaching locally now. I am a local yoga teacher. I have a class <laughs> at the Yoga Pod in Boulder, and that is more recent in this, you know, the past few months. But it has been so wonderful to actually um, – say that I'm an, a local yoga teacher again and that, that my schedule has slowed enough in travel that I can hold a once-a-week class. I do have to sub it out, you know, on occasion when I go to Japan mm-hmm. or I go to Asia or Europe or whatever, but it's it's really been uh, wonderful to tap into the local community here. That's been a wonderful impact. Mm-hmm. So that kind of leads into the, my next question because I'm sure that your personal practice has changed from when you first started and through the many years. And can you explain a little bit about how your personal practice has has evolved and where it's taking you now? Yeah, well, I would say this has always been true for me, but my personal practice 
has developed a lot through the inspiration that I would receive by practicing informally with other yogis. So in the last 14 years, I mean, the first, I would say the first 11 years of my practice, I was only 16 when I started, and I always had a teacher. I always would go to class and had a teacher, and I went to 90-minute classes. That was it. Then I went through teacher training, and after that, started to go, hey, why don't I practice with friends? And really just get in the room and be with other yogis. And that has been the case since I did my very first teacher training. And I think what, for me, it's like a time to share from our own experience of our home practice as well as, um, you know, a time to really just get together and get on the same vibration with other teachers and, and, um, that produces a lot of harmony and it creates community. But also we would get, like, really creative and make up new variations and we mm-hmm. would catch up with each other's lives and how the yoga is affecting our lives. So it's not just about the yoga on the mat, but it's about how yoga has been helping us off the mat. Um, and, and then that informs my own home practice and becomes the inspiration for most of my teaching. And this kind of, you know, stuff I did with John Friend, you know, when I was apprenticing and traveling with him in my 20s and early 30s, we would practice during the lunch break, hardcore, like for a full hour, just full blast, you know, it would be me and like two or three other teachers, and then I would come home in New York City, and Dana Flynn of Laughing Lotus and I, we used to rock it out at the Laughing Lotus together, like every Tuesday, it was like, we're doing our practice, and then it was like my teacher training graduates, let's practice together. And then when I moved to Colorado in the last seven years, it's been the Tigress practice um, out in Denver, Colorado. Um, and that's been like the most consistent practice I've had. And um, that's really how it's developed, and I see it continuing to do so. And I would add that what really inspires me is going to local classes. I love to go now to the teachers in our community and take their class. There's nothing better. <laughs> I can just imagine. Okay, uh, there's Amy. <laughs> I know. People get really nervous. And I'm like, behavior is the teacher. <laughs> I know. I'm like, please let me take your class. <laughs> I'm so nervous. But then they get yeah, over sure. it, which is great. And then I'm allowed to be there. <laughs> I know. It throw me for a loop, for sure. I'm like, uh, just hang on. How about we just switch here? <laughs> so funny. Well, that's fabulous. I'm, I'm sure that's a lot of fun, too, for them to have you uh, totally. just be in a regular schmo. <laughs> exactly. All right. Now, getting into a little bit of a touchy subject here, I know that in November, <laughs> you know, the Anusara Kula was thrown kind of for a loop at the number of top Anusara teachers left. The you know they decided to hang up their their well they didn't hang up their credentials but they kind of went you know what I'm going to go my own way. Um, mm-hmm. How has this impacted the Anusara Kula? Well, you know it's been it's been mixed. I think there have been all kinds of reactions. You know anywhere from a deep upset and hurt um, to feeling shattered to um, you know noticing that there's a big pink elephant in the room like. Like, do we talk about this? Do we not? Um, you know, and then, you know, sort of a, it all blowing over and simply getting used to the idea. You know, the three of them, um, Elena Brower, Christina, and Darren, 
they're all like very, very dear friends of mine and um, mm-hmm. very dear to people in the Anasara community. And so most are accepting it and they're moving on, you know, so there's the the full gamut of reaction. And, you know, a lot of people are also wondering why did they leave? What's the real reason? Um, they want to know. They're asking, you know, and um, yeah. it's it's one of those things where, you know, <clears throat> there's definitely reasons that they left and that's really it's best to ask them you know why mm-hmm. yep. why they left and 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 if you want to sort of do your due diligence you know ask questions and find out you know it's it's all there to you know to be discovered and i it's one of those things where like in public we can't really say you know this is what happened this is why that's just not mm-hmm. kind and it's gossipy and that sort of thing. But I, I would suggest to people who want to know, you know, why is to ask. You know, mm-hmm. just just ask the the people directly. Yeah. Well, and I know that all three of them have been really open about the whys mm-hmm. and where they're going now. And so I think that really helps people come to terms with with what's going on. Exactly. Exactly. Well, how about with your own relationships? I know, you know, like you say, they're dear friends of yours, um, and yet they're not going to be working with you on the Anursara Curriculum Committee and, uh, you know, doing all those kind of projects together anymore. Um, mm-hmm. How does that change your relationship with them? You know, my relationship hasn't changed at all um, with those teachers. In fact, I'm collaborating with them. Um, I had been collaborating with them up until they left, and I have plans on the schedule, you know, to continue to do so. And mm-hmm. so none of that's actually changed. I mean, there might not be on Anasara projects, but it's definitely on, you know, this professional development course kind of trajectory that I'm on they are all involved because they're excellent mm-hmm. teachers and they're not going anywhere and they're still alive and I want to work with them. They're, they're yeah. colleagues. They're phenomenal mm-hmm. trainers, phenomenal teachers, and um, there's going to be tons of events. I know Elena Brower and I are probably collaborating at the Tadasana Festival um, coming up in Los Angeles, and you know Darren is coming to the Hanuman Festival here in Boulder in June. Um, Christina and I have, uh, we've got something going on I think in the end of uh, the summer, in August, we're going to be doing a teacher's intensive. And, you know, Darren and Christina and I, every year we do this really cool thing for, um, like, a really intensive practice uh, uh, training that's a week long in Tucson. So, I mean, all those things are still on the schedule, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to change them you know, because they're still, you know, they'll always be on a certified teacher. Yeah. Well, it's, that's mm-hmm. the cool news. And, yeah. um yeah, so I I I think it's actually really an expression of how yoga is evolving and how there is so much more cross-pollination going on between styles and between teachers and different types of yoga and that uh it just feels very it feels like how I wish it had been all along the way that we're evolving now as a community through the entire yoga community. It just feels like there's less walls put up between styles and there's there's more um, permeability and respect for one another, and so the fact that they are kind of venturing out um, and just being themselves is really exciting to me because that feels like the trajectory we're all on. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Well, I'm going to uh, switch now to two minutes. 
with. Mm -hmm. And this is our little segment where we get to ask you little quirky questions about your habits (laughs) and the things that you like (laughs) and dislike. Um, And so this is Two Minutes with Amy Ippoliti. All right. So what – okay, I know you do a lot of flying. So can you describe one of your flights from hell? Oh, my God. I went to Kauai, and they told us we were upgraded, and we had first-class seats. <laughs> we had first-class seats on our ticket, and when we got on the plane, the, the, the seats were full, and we had to go not even to Economy Plus, but all the way to the back of the plane near the bathroom, <laughs> and it was a long flight. That <laughs> and that's just all about that expectation, right? <laughs> oh, totally. So bad. All right. Which do you prefer, Superman or Spider-Man? Spider-Man. All right. Because he does yoga. <laughs> <laughs> what time do you wake up? Uh, about 7. Okay. So um, now, which do you prefer, seasides or mountains? Seaside. Okay. Even though I live in the mountains. <laughs> Even though you live, oh, that's probably, because, why? Right? You live in the mountains, so you want to go to the seaside. Right, um, what's your favorite charitable cause? Oh, my God. Um, anything having to do with helping the planet um, from an ecological perspective. So wildlife, rainforest, marine conservation. Just, just do your do your duty and help everything out. Mm-hmm. All right. And what is one thing that you regret not learning how to do? Whoa. Um, I can't think of anything except maybe, no, maybe more singing lessons. <laughs> there you go. But no, I've really, like, I've tried to learn all sorts of things. So I feel pretty good about that one. There you, there you are. All right. Well, I know that it's coming to the holidays, and uh, where are you going to be sending the holidays? We are going to be home in Colorado, and we're very excited because my boyfriend, Taro, and um, his mother and my mother both live in the New York area, and they've become really good friends. They're They're like best buddies, and so they are both flying out to spend the holiday with the two of us. Oh, how fun. I know. I can't wait. It's so fun. Well, I hope you have a wonderful time um, and enjoy all of the indulgences and um, and maybe some quiet time, especially as you celebrate the solstice and uh, being together with those that you love most. I will do that. <laughs> you too. All right. Well, I appreciate your time today, and and I look forward to more 90 Minutes to Change the World, and I think I might just go and uh, join in your 30-day yoga challenge, see how that will change my own practice. Yes, that would be wonderful. Yeah, and the notification list is easy to get on for 90 minutes so that you get updates on when that's happening next. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Amy. Take care. Thank you, Donna. Great to talk with you. This has been Amy Ippoliti on Reflections 2011. My name is Donna Freeman of yogainmyschool.com. I want a big shout-out to Elephant Journal for their support in our show. As well, you can find all of our archives on iTunes. It's a a free podcast, so you can download them and enjoy them, listening to them as you drive around or uh, go for walks in the snow anytime. 
So please take care and have a wonderful holiday season. We'll continue more with reflections next week as we have Kristen McGee and Duncan Wong joining us. Namaste.